0: well daniel it's good to see you
1: it's good to see you
0: i know people i mean it does they won't know but it's been a bit
1: it's been a bit i feel like uh yeah the episodes keep coming out and i texted you last night. i was like this is fun i feel like I, this was my highlight of my week for a while now we're back together doing this
0: i know it's so sweet yeah. I'm glad it was your highlight, it was <laughs> your a burden was, Every week I was like, ah, oh, Danny again
1: I bet it was We like No, we,
0: no it wasn't well, I,
1: was gonna say, I was thinking about this, when we this is close to when we started because we started mornings too Like it was a, a oh, different vibe early on We were in the summers and then it was like a mad dash to get it done before Yes The evening for a while But now we're back in vacation mode
0: uh, Yeah, I'm in vacation mode and it feels like I have nothing to do with this today Yeah It's pretty nice
1: I dig it What are we talking about today?
0: All right, Danny, this we're going to put you in the hot seat today. I love it. So people have been it's been so awesome. Like, do you get some DMs? Yeah, I get About this podcast not. I don't care about regular <laughs> DMs you get.
1: I do. I get a lot of personal texts and then for a while, I get a lot from like pastors and people oh, that reach out and stuff and that, makes sense. that kind of thing and um yeah, so I get a few.
0: Yeah, I get I get a good amount of just people being like Thanks for sharing your story, it made me feel less alone, like all that and those like always mean so much to me, like I'm yeah. And it's it's fun when it's people you know, but it's also fun when people like just found your Instagram and are like I just need to tell you this, like yeah. it's just really it's been really sweet. But something that I've seen in a lot of the messages I've gotten is people have said like their divorce in some way was maybe like a catalyst in their deconstruction sure. or it's added a lot of complication to it or it's just been a hard thing and I was like, it's interesting that you me- you're messaging me that. That's a- that's wonderful. But like we have a co-host who has been divorced yeah. and it isn't me.
1: Expert in the topic.
0: So if you're willing to share, I just kind of want to hear about your divorce <laughs> and how like maybe how that affected your relationship with God, if it did or not. I mean, I'm going to, we'll let like go specific questions, but I'm just setting the scene.
1: Yeah. How do you
0: feel about going into that?
1: I think it will be great. I try to always float the line of like, because I'm fully over it and processed it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's value in diving into the story for the sake of others. But I try not to like dip into it for the sake of like building a level of resentment or seeming like I'm just like stuck there. But I think for this kind of context and process, I think it's great and could be helpful for someone that's maybe in the midst of it or maybe they are stuck in it to think like, here's someone else's journey. Because I think sometimes we're just like so close to it. Um that we don't see everything. And that was helpful for me, like hearing other people's story okay. of divorce. And so, yeah, happy to do
0: that. So I guess I don't really know how to get started. Like <laughs> what happened? I like, yeah. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't have a good starting question. So you no. start where you want to start.
1: Yeah. That's a good question. Start with your
0: wedding day. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally kidding.
1: Um, I, so I'm going to forego the, what happened just for the sake of Absolutely. privacy. Absolutely. But I will say that there was, Maybe some irreconcilable differences, right, that led to us getting to where we were. Um, and with that, though, like, I, my divorce impacted me from a faith perspective and a life perspective. Can really, we skip
0: that? Can we get, like, a few details? How long were you married?
1: That's a good question. Uh, and we how were many children did you have? Ten years. Okay. Oh, sorry. We were together for ten years, married for seven, had two kids. Okay. No pets.
0: And then the differences. <laughs> i just was ready to <laughs> drive past that okay and then the difference has happened and you're a part
1: and then we're part yeah
0: and then and you were a pastor at the time
1: i was a pastor i just want to slow me. it
0: down before you get to like that's how it impacted me in a faith perspective sure
1: okay yeah so i was a pastor at the time and our church had had other pastors had gone through divorce before and so like that it wasn't something Mm -hmm. that was foreign right we had a mechanism for like helping people heal and whatnot but it wasn't something foreign to kind of who we were and in our leadership wasn't a disqualifier like I think I remember uh when I was moving from Portland to St. Louis I had mentioned like this church is so cool they have one of their campus pastors is divorced (laughs) and this person was like they let divorced people be pastors. Yeah. And so I came from a place that was like very conservative on the issue. Got it. Um, they would say they're all about grace, but kind of conservative on the. The grace. The the grace, yeah. They liberally or they conservatively dole out the <laughs> grace. Um, and then I came into a context where I actually really thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. So I'd say the congregation and the, the staff, pastors, leadership, the denomination, like my bishop, all those people, they handled it really, really well in terms of like, Walking alongside me, which I think is really important. But that being said, like, it did cause friction in several different areas, right? To start to, like, ask a lot more questions about um, my personal life. My friend group says mm-hmm. questions about, like, my vocation and calling as a pastor. I, like, wrestled with that a little bit. Um, and then I really wrestled with, like... <laughs> the way that I talked to people that were going through divorces as a not divorced pastor, like I have a lot more, uh, insight and empathy, which makes sense, right? Like when you, it's hard to talk about death and loss until you've experienced death and Mm -hmm. loss. It's hard to talk about anything until it happens. And so experiencing divorce, uh, was an eye opener to like, I was a pretty bad premarital counselor. Um, so knock on the wood, no one's got divorced yet that I've married, but, uh, (laughs) But I realized, like, some of the stuff I gave people and people going through divorce, I'm like, that just was not helpful. And it was just, like, empty kind of, like, catchphrases you would read on, like, Instagram or something. And it wasn't, like, really, like, hey, get to the issue, you know?
0: What were some of the comments that you made to the people who were getting divorced before you got divorced? And then, like, as you were getting divorced, what did you realize you actually needed or wanted to hear?
1: Yeah, I would say one thing that everyone that I know that has gone through divorce has ever, like before you go through it, everyone thinks it. everyone wants your advice. Um, <laughs> that it's like, you know what they really want to hear from me right now is like <laughs> how to get through this. Mm. Uh, and I, so I would say things like, you guys just need to like turn towards each other more and you guys need to like talk. About, like I, There were things that I don't think are untrue, right. but in the midst of what's happening, it's not helpful. And especially like, I have a good friend who recently went through a divorce and it's like, I always have to realize like her story is not my story. And like my job is not to tell Mm. her what is most helpful to do. And I really try to just listen. And so that's what I really realized. I just wanted people to like sit with me and hear how much pain I was in and hear like how frustrated I was and maybe provide like a little hope of what was to come. But it's like, I was in a space where I was like, I wasn't ready to not be hurt. And so I was like, I'm gonna sit in this for as long as I need to. And I think there's an unhealthy level of that. And I didn't, I'm didn't. a pretty optimistic go-with-the-flow guy, so I didn't sit there forever. But early on, I was like, I just need you to listen. Like, I remember one of the the nights that was like um, like divorce was imminent, right? Mm-hmm. I went over to a group of my friend's house. Like, I texted four of my friends that said, meet me at this person's house. We're hanging out. And, like, we... Didn't really talk about what was happening. Like we just hung out mm. and we shared like our friendship and like, I, and I would dip into things here and there and like, but then we would get back at it. We would just laugh. And like, that was the most helpful thing for me. It was like, you guys are my friends and you guys are with me. And like, this is a thing that's happening and I want to talk about it a little bit, but I just kind of want to like have friends around me when you feel yeah. lonely and isolated, you know? I love that. Yeah.
0: So, okay. So, did that change how you like as you were going through it i guess how did that affect you as a pastor the reason i ask is i was mm, this was a while back but i like went to this evening service with one of my friends at a church and the pastor was like as you guys all know i'm going through a divorce (laughs) he was like and it's affecting all of us and i was like (laughs) i'm not loving this vibe like i feel like you want the whole church to just like be in your divorce with you Yeah, and I've never been through a divorce. Maybe that's callous of me to say, but I thought that was a lot.
1: Yeah, I. So I think there's. (laughs) I wasn't at that service, so I don't know exactly what I'm. So there's there's. I find value in transparency, right? Like, like, this is what's happening. To say like to keep it all under the rug, I think that would be the wrong Mm -hmm. decision. When I went through my divorce, though, like I was not in upfront leadership like I wasn't like preaching and I wasn't like doing the welcome and I was still doing like really good and important things at the life of our church and leading certain things up front but not in the same capacity I was and it wasn't a punishment it was like I just like Mm. this is too raw and Mm. so like I'm gonna be like talking about grace and communion and like burst out bawling because I haven't processed my emotions right or I'm gonna write a sermon and it's gonna be about like just my divorce and so like there is a level of awareness to be like there's probably a season to transition out of like fully leading in the capacity you did so you can heal and i think that's what i really needed because i like i needed to heal and like i think a lot of churches be like just run hard and and keep going and like push Mm -hmm. it down and um good churches like the one i was at the gathering were like we're gonna create a space for you to heal and heal well Mm -hmm. but that being said when i went to the i got appointed the way methodists work right we get appointed and i Moved because it was like becoming a little bit clear, like pastoring in the exact same community that my ex-wife lived in a congregation of people that were like, whose friend am I going to be? Probably wasn't going to be healthy for them. Yeah. Um, I think emotionally I could have done it. And now years later, it's like, I'm still friends with all these people and Mm -hmm. things have like settled out. But in that season, like it probably wasn't right.
0: Yeah.
1: But I remember my first sermon, like I had talked about what it looks like to like navigate the dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. And I, but I didn't say like, And mine is going through a divorce right now. (laughs) And so I think it it shifted. Like, my sermons got darker for a while. Yeah. Uh, And the way that I processed things got darker. But I don't think that it was bad. And it was... But again, like, I wasn't, like, just blasting from the mountaintops. Like, hey, I go through a divorce. I remember I met the board of the church I was coming to. Uh And I was, like, introducing my family. And I didn't have a wife at this time. And so I was like, and these are my two kids. And, like, this is us. And... (laughs) Just this woman. And we're really, we're good friends now. Yeah. For across the table. She's like, and now where's your beautiful wife? Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like, I tried to give you every option and like clue to be like, and there's probably not a wife in the picture of this. Um, So, so that's part of the reason it's like Mm. when you don't talk about it, it creates like opportunities for people to like accidentally step on a landmine. Uh But then if you only talk about it, like if I was the pastor, it's like everything was through the lens of my divorce. I just wouldn't be
0: helpful right it's it feels a little bit like trauma dumping on your congregation like i yeah. feel like that's the difference between transparency versus like i'm just gonna let you guys know all of my shit
1: yeah and there's a i'm a firm believer in that like i think that if something happens to you processing it with your kind con- and not pretending like everything's okay is a good thing absolutely but i think in your 20 minute sermon it's maybe not the best place to do it and i think yeah and weaving it into it but for me as like a preacher it's like if the message is more about my crap than the gospel, then it's just a message for me trauma dumping on people. And I think like that's where Mm. I can see it getting sticky If like that you will leave and you're like, I know a lot more about the crap my pastor is going through, but like I heard nothing about the hope of the gospel. It's like, then it probably wasn't a useful help of your time or the congregation's Mm -hmm. time to gather for that specific sake.
0: So before we get to like what, like, I'm thinking about your term, like the dark night of the soul. Like, kind of want to know what that was like in both how maybe that shifted your view of God, but also, like, did it shift your view of you at all? I've never been divorced, but I feel like it would be hard to not, like, take it personally. <laughs> That's not the right way to yeah. say it.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm
0: so sorry. Yeah,
1: I took it very personally. <laughs> uh, uh, we laugh so we don't cry. I'm,
0: I'm terrible. <laughs> um you take it personally The, the divorce <laughs>
1: um so my view of god
0: are you skipping over I'm gonna my do, i'll do the second one okay yeah, yeah
1: so because you asked how my view, view of god and self-shifted mm-hmm. kind of was right you said right yeah yeah so my view of god didn't like radically shift like because okay. the things that were happening i didn't believe were like God willing those things to happen to me. And so like I still believe there was a good God that was orchestrating something in the midst of crap. Like yeah. so I I didn't lose that. Um but I will say that like I've never really in the twenty nine, eight years of my life up to that point, relied on God too heavily because I just didn't have anything hard to happen. And right. so I experienced a much more gracious and caring God because I like finally turn things over to God. And so that was like an experience that I had never done before. Mm-hmm. I like I would just like white knuckle in it for 28 years. Yeah. You know? And so <laughs> like that was good. And so and I was very easily able to separate from this terrible thing is happening to me. God is not making these things happen. And that was important for me because I those never really got intermingled. Yeah. Now on a personal and identity basis, it was a nightmare. Um like I like not I not funny, sorry. <laughs> I was a I was a pastor, I was a husband, and I was a father. Like that's mm. what I knew myself as. One of the Theo Bros, like He's, in
0: your Twitter. Yeah, 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 husband. Yeah, yeah.
1: that is actually my Twitter bio. So, uh, and I have emojis Unfollow. for all of my kids. Well, you'd be one of the seven people to follow me, <laughs> but now one follows me. Um, so there was a huge shift in. That like that was really hard for me. Also, I don't know if I have ever said this before uh, to you or on the podcast, but like I had a goal that like by the time I was 30, I was going to have started the church, finished seminary and get ordained and getting divorced made it so that wasn't going to happen. And at so, what
0: age did you get divorced?
1: Like 28 or 29. Okay. So like and so yeah. because of that happening, it pushed everything back to 31 and like which is not a big deal but like when you set a goal that you've been after for a decade and you've been like knocking things down to make it happen and um moving towards that and your purpose of what you've been searching for is Mm -hmm. like clearly in front of you and you watch the finish line get pushed back further that's hard to process with um also like my identity was the Webster Groves married pastor with kids. I was like Mm. the cookie cutter version of what a Webster Gross family looked like and what a pastor in that community would look like. And so then I watched all of the things that defined my identity. Like I was no longer an upfront pastor. Like, so I've lost that part of my identity. I'm no longer a married person. I'm like, and I see my kids half the time and so like uh. all the things that i clung to as identity makers mm. um, not to mention i tore my acl the day before we had decided i was getting divorced so i couldn't do anything <laughs> physically active uh, and so like i had like a a physically i was broken emotionally spiritually mm. like everything was kind of broken and shifted and so i had a whole two years 18 months of like like how, what does it mean to be Danny who doesn't play basketball four nights a week? What does it mean to be Danny yeah. who doesn't have his kids with him all the time and gets to play with them in that, right? What does it mean to be Danny who's not preaching all the time or doing the work of a pastor? So it was hard. And then I went to a different church that I loved, uh, but it was like very different from the mm. kind of church of that. And so then I had to figure out like, well, what kind of pastor am I once I re-stepped back into that? And then mm. I was a father to my kids half the time. So how do I be 100% of the dad I wanna be 50% of the time, right? Like, how do you do that? Um, And then trying to rebuild community and define like who were my people, who were just my friends, because we were a couple friends, like who are the people, like how do I build new community and not like just leave the old person I was, but try to figure out who I actually am. Like there was a lot of searching uh, and shedding away of things that I used to be. And so it was difficult. and now, like, I mean, I still, like, it's been years, and I still run into people like schnooks and who just don't know I'm divorced. They'll be like, how's, how's your ex-wife? They won't say that. Yeah. Say her name. Uh, but I'll be like, I'm pretty sure she's doing great. And, like, I just I don't know how to respond to that, right? And so it's less frequent, but that's the kind of stuff that that makes it difficult. I will say a funny thing is, like... Now that I've been divorced, I like, I remember I was at a, a kid's soccer game and I saw two parents and they were like standing on opposite sides. And I went over to my wife and I was like, I wonder if they're going through some stuff. And so now I like see people and I'm like, I just, my mind goes to like a more negative place when I yeah. see like a uh, nonverbal communication and body language So Just funny to see. And they were doing great. They're not getting divorced at all. The couple I saw, they were crushing it.
0: <laughs> That's what they told you. That's what they told um, me. We all know what was that. We don't know. But, uh. It's interesting as you talk though, because like, I'm not, not to make this about me, but all these things you're saying about how you process who you were are pretty much all things I've said on this podcast. Yeah. That like, because we've talked about how in a lot of ways, deconstruction can feel like a divorce.
1: Yeah. I think a hundred percent, like, and yes. And so I think we should talk about you and the connection to that because I do like part of it. And that's why I've said it before. I think they're very. Yeah. Very similar thing because especially for you, right? You're divorcing something that you were almost quite literally married to. Yeah. Uh and so the the same levels of identity and trauma and pain and frustration and searching, wandering, all of that, like I think though the mechanism for it happening looks different and the thing you were married to is different. Like I see a lot of similarities between the two. And I think that's why people reach out in the DMs that have gone mm, through divorce. Mm. Uh, but their messages don't sound probably too different from someone that's divorcing from yeah. fundamentalism or Calvinism because like they're going through very similar things. And sometimes, I, so my divorce didn't lead to spiritual deconstruction, right? Okay. So I will say that, like, yeah. um, It I, identity deconstruction. And so I think that's an interesting thing to process too is like, what is divorce leading you to deconstruct? And that's even something we've talked about in yours is like, are you deconstructing? the church or what the church told you or who God is and who Jesus like because I think even in deconstruction it's such a broad umbrella absolutely and when people say they're like it's one size fits all and it's just so much not that no it's not
0: so okay but I guess like I mean in some ways Danny I would say like I'm in that like dark night of the soul processing who I am like who am I without all these things yeah so how did you like climb out of that
1: good question i mean i think again like having I had a lot of really good friends around me I mm. a, a lot of really good people um i didn't rush it so like in mm. terms of like dating again like i didn't rush dating yeah. like i really was like <laughs> so my wife annie people tried to set me up with her before the ink on the divorce papers dry <laughs> They're like, hey, I got this girl. It's like, you are I- kind of rooting for it. <laughs> yeah, they like, kind of were. Like, I was like, can I get divorced first? <laughs> um, and so I set these like arbitrary rules of like, I'm not gonna reach out till this time, mm-hmm. um, and and I did. And but it was part of me being like, not knowing exactly when healing would start for dating. But like, I'm like, I'm gonna give myself some realistic time to not because like I was, and this will connect to your deconstruct. Like I was always from as long as I can from 15. Till when I got divorced, I was in a relationship with somebody.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Right. And so I think like, what's interesting for you is like you went from the church experience you and you were in a relationship with that church and then you deconstructed it and then you immediately hop back into it with the well.
0: Yeah. And then, I was thinking that. And
1: I think now like, and this isn't to like change, like, but you're like a little less involved in what yeah. you're doing, like you're preaching as much you're not doing and you're not there as much. But I think that's not an unwise thing to do because it's jumping from one relationship to another and dating we would never say is healthy and so i think giving yourself time to process is not an unhealthy thing but like we can often be told like like there would be people in your space and i like i would love to see you in church like i think it's great to see, yeah. you and i think there are people be like you should be in church but taking a break from things in other aspects of life we would never bat an eye at right wow and in this situation it seems like it's a healthy thing for people to do and for you or anyone listening i think that's like Jumping back in just because you think it's what you're supposed to do is not probably the healthiest thing to do. At at least at that moment, in trying to find ways to be healthy before you dive back
0: in. Like I'm imagining, if you would have reached out to Annie before the divorce papers were signed, like you and Annie are a great fit, and I think in a lot of ways, me and the Well are a great fit. Like it was a like immediately, I was like, oh, this is a good thing and a good connect. You probably would have been like, we get along really well. Yeah. But if you hadn't healed and processed, it would probably. It probably feel overwhelming really quickly, or
1: yeah. Well, like both of us had had gone through divorces, Mm. and like we realized we had some conversations about our experiences and the similarities. But months in, we were like, (laughs) we had named this like patting ourselves on the back. We're like, it seems like we're pretty healthy because it's like our conversations don't just revolve around where we used to be. It's about the excitement of where we are going to go and what we're going to cultivate together.
0: Oh, and I think
1: that is a sign of on health in both dating and faith it's like if your conversation and what you're talking about is more about what has happened it's probably a sign you haven't healed from where you've been yet and might be a yellow light to say is it the right time to jump back into anything yet if i'm still so caught up in what happened
0: yeah and if you still need to talk about it that doesn't mean you're wrong to do that like that's part of processing
1: yeah we still talk about things yeah but the tone of it like we talk about parts of her story my story Like our kids just found out that Annie had been divorced because we like Uh, never talked about it. Yeah, because it's like it just it never weird to bring up. Yeah, Yeah. it's like but we were also surprised we had never told Mm -hmm. them. But it opened up conversation with them with us about divorce and really and like so there are times that it comes up and times where it makes a lot of sense. But if it's like the pastor who's trauma dumping right, right, like on the stage, I think that's a sign that maybe it's not coming out of a place of like pure health. But never talking about it again is also not healthy.
0: Absolutely.
1: And that's why therapy is important. Ugh, Go to therapy. Yep.
0: Yeah, not Danny's therapist.
1: <laughs> no, my therapist. Uh,
0: reference to season one. I don't remember which episode.
1: Yeah. I bet you episode two.
0: No, we weren't. We weren't at that table anyway. Um. I think that was this was like really good, and I hope that it's helpful to people.
1: Me too. I think there is a from my perspective whether it's divorce or your deconstruction yeah. or whatever I mean that's the whole reason we're doing this podcast is like your story is helpful for others but also for you t- and for me and us to have this conversation mm-hmm. so I feel very similarly about like my divorce there's nothing there's no reason to not dive into it for the sake of like helping others and I think if it does and we're having people reach out because of it but also being able to connect this is a a deconstruction podcast, not a Danny's divorce podcast. And I think we did a good job <laughs> connecting it to uh-huh. deconstruction or you did in the sense that it's like these emotions can feel similar. And sometimes I think it's helpful to have an image that's more clearly defined yes. to try to like compare things to. And I think even though they're not exactly a one for one having the idea of like, well, maybe I've been through divorce and I know what that feels like, my deconstruction might follow a similar trajectory.
0: Maybe maybe more intermingled. Like I think a lot of people get divorced and then their church community changes, kind of like yours did, like differently. But like and then that can lead to a sense of spiritual, especially if you're maybe not in a congregation that's very divorce affirming. Like I don't, we haven't told this story on here, but I told someone where I was going to church and she was like, "Uh, do you know Danny is divorced? And I was like, yeah. She was like, well, I just could never go to a church with a divorced pastor. And I was like, well, good for you, man. Good for you. I, he's a great pastor to me. Like, I was yeah. like, like yeah. that that can mess things up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. I wonder, this is just popping my mind as you were talking. Like, are most of the people reaching out to you women? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I also say, churches, from the conversation I had with divorced women, especially, the church, oftentimes rallies more around the men and it can feel really isolating to women. And Uh I think that not always the case, but at least anecdotally from the conversations I've had, that has been the case in almost every conversation. Uh, And so sometimes I wonder if that leads to some of those deconstruction in faith moments, because you're watching the community you thought was going to have your back. They not only rally around the person that is on the other side of now this tension you're in, but then they're nowhere to be found for you. And I think that could be very, traumatic for someone that had this whole community they thought was like going to be their people. And then they don't have that anymore.
0: Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean we've gotten some comments of like, but if you're relying on people for your faith then like people will fail you, but it's like, that's not really what we're saying. Usually some things happened and then you lost people and then you're kind of like, well, screw you guys. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's also, it's like, yeah, sure. My faith in Jesus hasn't waned, but it's like, it doesn't make my lack of faith in people less painful when they mess up and hurt me. And so it's like, those things again, don't have to be connected.
0: Absolutely. Freaking I agree with that.
1: We're close enough now in a new set. We can fist bump.
0: I know. Wow. Um, it's, I don't know how long it's been even a little bit.
1: I think it's, it's been, been long a good enough. time.
0: Um, I'm going to let you close out today. What is something that you would encourage either someone going through a divorce or deconstruction or both?
1: Yeah, I think that I would find your people. Mm. And it doesn't have to be the people that have always been your people. Mm. And my hope and prayer would it be some similarity between that so you don't have to find all new people because we've talked about how exhausting it is to, yeah. to find new people. But I think I'm a firm believer in God designed us to live life in community. Uh, and when bad things happen, communities should be the people that are going to help us Mm. navigate that. And so, um, find people and also like, be okay where you're at. Like, don't rush it. Don't try to get through it because it's what you're told to do. Like take your time and know that it might be months and might be years, but taking your time is going to be what's most healthy, the most healthy for you, but also in marriage or your church life or whatever, most healthy for your future partner down the road. Uh, wow. like rushing it's not going to do anyone any good
0: oh that's a word
1: mm.
0: all right well thank out. you for taking some time to just like mm-hmm. share your story I know that's kind of vulnerable I appreciate that you did it
1: I got to be in the hot seat this time yeah you did <laughs> it was and
0: fun. everybody thanks for listening and embrace the journey
1: this is a chapel media podcast